What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to chapter 102 of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Vote Q No Matter Who episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. This week, we're turning our aching eyes to the election cycle, both on a state level and nationally. Our guest is Dave Weigel, and he's going to help us understand multiple rapidly developing stories involving QAnon promoting candidates and disinformation going wide. He also extensively covered the Seth Rich conspiracy theory back in 2016, which in retrospect hangs like an omen of things to come. But before all that... QAnon News. First up, our big story, uh, social media companies cracked down on QAnon content. They finally did it. Yeah. So this past week, both Twitter and TikTok uh, took action to limit the reach of QAnon content on their platforms, though this is the most significant social media action uh, on QAnon content since Reddit banned QAnon subreddits in September of 2018. R.I.P. Yeah. In Twitter's case, they banned 7,000 QAnon accounts and limited 150,000 others as part of a sort of a broad uh, uh, crackdown. Yeah, fascist crackdown. Here is the statement issued by Twitter about their actions. We've been clear that we will take strong enforcement action on behavior that has the potential to lead to offline harm. In line with this approach, this week we are taking further action on so-called quote, QAnon activity across the service. Yeah, be careful if you've been posting snake emojis. We will permanently suspend accounts tweeting about these topics that we know are engaged in violations of our multi-account policy, coordinating abuse around individual victims, or are attempting to evade a previous suspension, something Mm -hmm. we've seen more of in recent weeks. That's right. In addition, we will, one, no longer serve content and accounts associated with QAnon in trends and recommendations. Two, Work to ensure we're not highlighting this activity in search and conversations. Number three, block URLs associated with QAnon from being shared on Twitter, which is a big one. Nobody can go to QMAP.pub and get peeled. When you listen to that statement, you'll notice that there isn't a blanket ban on QAnon content, as like some people have falsely claimed. It's more like uh, if if people who are promoting QAnon and also violating their policy, then they're going to actually enforce that policy. This week, we did see several major QAnon accounts uh, be deactivated. For example, uh, there was Inevitable ET, who had like close to like 300,000 Twitter followers at one point. Another major account that was banned was the verified QAnon promoter Tommy G and the account for his podcast, No Mercy. This ban of Tommy G, whose real name is Tommy Gelati, Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tommy Ice Cream. Yeah. I'm an ice cream thief. <laughs> it, Several <laughs> generations back. The uh, band came hours after Will Sommer at the Daily Beast published a story about his bank robbing past. Gelati apparently and uh, two accomplices stole $202,000 from a bank where Gelati worked to cover his gambling debts. Ah, yes. In response to that story, Gelati published a Twitter video in which he made various threats in apparent violation of Twitter's terms of service. Some QAnon followers attempted to evade detection on Twitter by spelling QAnon, C-U-E Anon, or they would just replace Q with the number 17 or an emoji. They're being very sneaky. Yeah. Well, don't you think that they've been fighting in the trenches for two years oh, and they no. don't have any uh, mm-hmm. hand-to-hand combat skills? Yeah, exactly. They know how to evade surveillance. That's right. The QAnon community was both enraged and emboldened by the Twitter crackdown. For example, here's what QAnon promoter Joe M, under his Sheep No More username, said on Twitter. 
America's enemies are rigging the 2020 election by banning digital soldiers of the new Continental Army as we fight to wake up our deceived friends who are being herded off a cliff by weaponized corporate media networks. Q is a peaceful movement. Our only weapon is truth. Yeah, I love the individual words in this uh, particular tweet. Weapon, soldiers, uh, yeah. it off. Peaceful. My only, peaceful. Listen, <laughs> yeah. my only weapon is truth, as in when the Gestapo shows up, I tell them, yes, the neighbor has Jewish people uh, in the attic. <laughs> I really love what Twitter did here. So after allowing QAnon to fester for two and a half years on their platform, and in fact, actively promoting QAnon content uh, to users. You must mean Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> and then just generally, they, they were, Twitter was basically one of the main engines of the uh, QAnon community's growth. Mm-hmm. They decide that doing all that is bad, actually, like now. And so now because of that, because, because of these policies, Twitter won't have to deal with QAnon as much. But the rest of us, wider society still will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The other platform that took action against QAnon is TikTok. <laughs> on that platform, the hashtag QAnon had 80 million views on July 22nd, but it returned zero results on July 23rd, according to the journalist Samuel Oakford. Mm-hmm. Uh, a TikTok spokesperson told Rolling Stone that QAnon hashtags contained disinformation, which is prohibited in the platform's community guidelines. TikTok will also be working to remove conspiracy theory-related videos and accounts. Oh, so they claim. R.I.P. TikTok. No, they were just getting started. Not just... even a chance. They just made the rebels cool. Yeah, I know. Yeah. This, this is, is the problem. Fu- yeah. The teens are going to do it twice as hard in a way you never could expect. I know. A you te- don't know. These they... Some teen will invent their own TikTok platform to specifically do Teenagers are a different this. species. You can cut off their limbs and they regrow them like reptiles until a certain age when you become an adult. Now, yeah, I had a lot of people asking me if I thought that this would like do anything to like stymie the, the QAnon community. And like, mm. no, no. I oh, mean, obviously the, not. The parents uh, and authorities that B don't like the thing exactly. that I do. It I'm a teenager. I guess that'll make me change what I'm doing. I know. It plays right down. to their narrative. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not judging the action. I, it I remains to be seen whether it's good or bad. Or good or bad. Time will tell. But no. it de- definitely did embolden them. And it also it carries the risk of like further radicalizing yeah. them if they get into like some twi- some telegram yeah. chat. That, no, uh, to be clear, there's no like right answer here. No, no, no. They're I just, only I'm, shitty decisions right I'm just now. saying that like that's definitely what the teens are going to do. In addition to that Facebook told the New York Times that they're also preparing to take similar steps to limit the reach of QAnon content on its platform. So we'll we'll see what those are. This is certainly a uh, monumental event in the evolution of uh, QAnon. We're gonna we're gonna see what sort of alternative platforms they flock to. Yeah, I've been hearing a lot about some Reddit alternatives. Gab might get bigger. We'll see if they take mm. the parlor at all. Yeah, I I think um, that that one thing to note here is that the Facebook crackdown is going to be the most meaningful one because Definitely. it's going to be the I think it's going to hit the core of actual QAnon followers mm-hmm. uh, where where they have their, you know, their prayer circle like groups and also their QAnon group and like the local like football team. Like I've seen these profiles over and over. Uh, and so I think that that is going to be felt way more by the community. These are just kids fucking around. Uh, the few like, you know, adventurers that wandered out onto TikTok and that you observed, you know, they're doing stuff, but it's not really becoming the famous stuff like they're not ruling TikTok, you know. So I think uh, we're going to see uh, a really big shift once Facebook decides what they're going to do. I would say if because the social media companies, they're not transparent and they lie and they don't follow through with things. So uh, let's just uh, sounds a little conspiratorial. Yeah. 
For my next story, uh, QAnon candidate Joe Ray Perkins resentfully avoids saying Q. So in a recent video, uh, Oregon Senate candidate Joe Ray Perkins attempted to invite people to an event in which uh, sort of a QAnon promoter would be present, uh, but she avoided talking about QAnon in this really strange, petulant way. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to play the video. For those of you that know what the 17th letter of the alphabet is right off the top of your heads, which I won't say what it is because I get skewered for it, there is an author coming into town. We're targeting August 23rd if I can find a location for a fundraising event for me. That would be, uh, I'll let you know. So if you hmm. do read anything from that 17th letter of the alphabet, <laughs> please send me an email. Yeah, I was like, when she gets skewered, I want to know, like, what conversation led to this awkwardness? Did she yeah. talk to oh. someone in her campaign? She talked to like, somebody in her campaign. Cool with the QAnon stuff. How did she get the lighting to make her look like an Adams Family member? Like, yeah, she very is awkward. She is lit from below. Like, she looks like she's trying to look creepy. I don't, it's, it's so, but so cartoonish. Her challenge was, for this video, to not mention Q for, like, 60 <laughs> seconds. Don't do it. Just yeah. for 60 seconds, yeah. don't mention QAnon or anything related to it but, for that period of time and she can't do it she's shaking she's yeah, yeah, so yeah. mad she's, she's angry so mad. she's furious oh, yeah. she's disappointing herself yeah <laughs> so what's a QAnon she author she loves Q so much she is, she is pilled to the gills she really is I think the most pilled out of all of the candidates <laughs> I, mean, I mean she's true believer yeah. mad that people are she, mad at her for liking this right. thing that she knows is true it's, yeah <laughs> no it's like deep sea moss in her eyes yeah. like she's there's like, just yeah. In the top 10% of pilled QAnon yes. followers, and she's a uh, Senate candidate. For my next story, uh, Trump wishes Ghislaine Maxwell well. Yeah. So this was interesting. So Trump has had harsh words for many people. Uh, for example, NBA point guard Stephen Curry, mm, Meryl Curry. Streep, a whore. The, the late civil rights icon John Lewis. I can't even make a joke. An elderly man who was shoved to the ground by Buffalo police. But when he was recently asked about Ghislaine Maxwell, uh, he did not have a bad thing to say about her. Ghislaine Maxwell is in prison, and so a lot of people want to know if she's going to turn in powerful people. And I know you've talked in the past about Prince Andrew, and uh, you've criticized Bill Clinton's behavior. I'm wondering, uh, do you feel that she's going to turn in powerful men? How do you see that working out? I don't know. I haven't really been following her too much. I just wish her well, frankly. Uh, I've met her numerous times over the years, especially since I lived in Palm Beach, and I guess they lived in Palm Beach. Uh, but I wish her well, whatever it is. Uh, I don't know the situation with <laughs> Prince Andrew. Just don't know. Not aware of it. Wow. They? Like her and Epstein? Like a married couple? Like yeah. what? What? They. Who's they? I yeah, guess. No. Yeah, they. I guess they. I guess they. They. I, I like, guess what? that this, they were my friends. I this is fishy. As I guess he was my friend who lived next to me. It is strange. This is but no. wide open eye emoji. No, again, Ghislaine Maxwell flew on Trump's plane. What is he? I don't know. It's a strange response. Why can't you just say something neutral? Like, well, I hope justice is done. And She's like, a handsome woman yeah, this of is, a certain age. This is not the response you want from the guy who's secretly saving the world from the child traffic 
trafficking Satan cabals. You got one of the child trafficking Satan cabalists in your custody, and Whoopi you say, say that like, you wish you're well. Oh, exactly. Oh, she's just the start or something like yeah, that. Yeah, or the storm. I guess people could say the storm has arrived. I, I mean, uh, even then he could, you know. Admire her conservation efforts. Right. Of the things cor- she's done for the ocean. Of course, the, the right-wing pundits I saw, Brian Cates, uh, tweet something about, uh, it, it was uh, like a front sheet from a court order uh, that basically is like a gag order about the trial. And he was like, oh, that's why Trump wished her well, because technically he can't say anything because he's involved in the case. So that's where QAnon oh, is going to go like with witness this. Testifying. He's a witness testifying yeah, against yeah. her. So he had yeah. to remain neutral and gotcha, all that that's stuff. Insanity. Yeah. So just to give you a heads up, that's where that's they're like, going. That's one of the explanations. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw. I found another one uh, about uh, what Trump's words really meant from QAnon follower uh, Julian's Rum. Change your name both in terms of uh, the, the actual name and then also the character, the beloved Trailer Park Boys character that you're using an AVI of. Get off the good media. Remember when Kumi said, I wish Andy well? Q showed us that this was actually their code for death threat. When POTUS said, I wish her well, it's possible he was mocking them with their own code, i.e., I know y'all want to off Maxwell, but you can't. Okay. Incredible. So, so I wish you well is like is like cabal code for I'm going to kill you. Yeah. And they, but when Poda said that, it doesn't mean I'm going to kill you, who no. was making fun of that code and saying that Maxwell is protected. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, that that's like that's that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Copy that. Yeah. Everything. When he does it. Travis, yes. let me tell you something. Yes. Okay. Here's how things work. They work a, a single way. Until Uh Trump does it. When he does it, it's actually not the way that we've been claiming this entire time, but a special, different, new way. Yeah, so whatever Trump does is actually modified by whatever reception it gets. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a time loop. That's what you don't understand. Have you looked into uh, Looking Glass, Project Looking Glass? For my next story, Counter Extremism Think Tank publishes reports on the growth of QAnon. So uh, the Institute for Strategic Dialogue just published a report I think is uh, very much worth reading if you want to better understand the growth of the QAnon community. Uh, Now, the whole thing is really full of fascinating insights about uh, what's been going on. For example, it presents data to support the idea that QAnon growth was especially robust as the pandemic swept across America, which we've been uh, discussing a lot. Yeah, we were ahead of you, Institute, for whatever. (laughs) For example... Both Facebook QAnon group membership and engagement rates within those Facebook groups increased significantly in March of 2020. Uh, Specifically, membership of QAnon groups on Facebook increased by 120% in March and engagement rates increased by 91%. Zero percent surprised, yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, The report also suggests that the uh, international presence of QAnon is increasing. Uh, On average, the U.S. accounted for 89.5% of mentions of Q-related hashtags from October of 2017 to October of 2019. However, in the last eight months, this has dropped to uh, 87%. So the international Q movement is uh, is picking taking up, up the pace, uh, get, getting up a larger share of the world of the total sort of uh, uh, QAnon movement. Okay, I, I got the beginning of the paragraph for the historian. America was uh, an interesting empire. It brought us blue jeans, rock and roll, and QAnon. <laughs> for my next story. 
One American News airs segment calling QAnon the new mainstream. So Trump's new favorite news network played one of the most deranged TV segments about QAnon I've ever seen. Hell yeah. It was an entirely pro-QAnon response to recent the, the recent social media bans. I'm going to play some clips from that segment, but before I do, I want to clarify that One American News has been repeatedly praised by the president. For example, here's one tweet that Trump sent in October of 2019. Thank you to One America News Network for your fair coverage and brilliant reporting. It is appreciated by many people trying so hard to find new, consistent, and powerful voice. Mm. So, so keep that in mind. The lower third of the segment says, uh, Twitter bans QAnon amid DHS sweep in Democrat-controlled areas. So here's how that segment opens. The deep state appears to be fighting back. On Wednesday, mainstream media celebrated a decision by Twitter to remove the accounts and content connected to the QAnon movement. The group's actions were labeled as leading to offline harm, which may suggest Twitter admits the growing influence of Q in America's social and political life. So that's how it opens. It appears the deep state is fighting back about wow. Twitter changing its moderation policies. The deep state's fighting back, man. That's just news. And then also when it talks about twi uh, uh, QAnon having, leading to offline harm, it was spun as a positive. It's like, oh, so Twitter admits that QAnon is having significant influence and power. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the Matrix should definitely come on board OAN. That would be a net positive. Oh, he would have he, a great show. Give him like would. the Glenn Beck kind of position. Yeah, exactly. Sweaty definitely. in a chair, microphone close. That's right. I was going to say standing at a, a blackboard, but let's be honest, sitting in a chair sitting, near a blackboard. Sitting <laughs> near a blackboard. <laughs> the segment goes on to promote the strange idea that Twitter's actions are somehow related to the fact that federal officers are invading cities. This latest attempt to purge Q content comes right after President Trump deployed Homeland Security investigations to Democrat-run cities. America's law enforcement was speculated to have connections to Q. But the latest crime and political terror glorified in millions of Twitter posts stands on the opposing side. The media and Democrats are slamming the president for enforcing the law, and it appears important that the other side is silenced. You notice that a lot of uh, police officers are into QAnon. And then that's and that's good was sort of the subtext. Yeah. And then that the reason why Twitter is opposing QAnon is because they don't like law the laws being enforced so you see he's sort of he's sort of equating law enforcement in QAnon as a sort of a singular entity where if you could right. criticize one you criticize them both he's an insider the video goes on to speculate that perhaps QAnon is gaining in popularity because it's awesome and correct and while mainstream media criticize law enforcement like that they also refer to Q as a dangerous conspiracy cult that also happens to support law enforcement. But a growing number of Americans may be doing their own research, as reports also say QAnon is becoming a widely accepted system of beliefs, the new mainstream. Indeed, after years of revelations of high corruption in Washington and lies by Democrat media, QAnon ideas appear immensely popular. My brain is cooked. No, I mean, the... the this uh, is yeah. bad. This is bad this is if this bad. is introducing people to Trump QAnon. Trump has supported this. Yeah. This channel. Yeah, oh. yeah, directly endorsed. Directly oh, endorsed this channel, which is directly endorsing QAnon. 
Yeah. And so QAnon's real, I guess. Well, cool. no, I mean, but there's like mm. there's there's interesting wrinkle to this. Yeah, uh, your response to QAnon is real, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> Now, th this this next bit of the seg segment, I really loved. Some reports point out Twitter is admittedly afraid of Q, although it's not immediately clear why. <laughs> what? <laughs> some, what? Some, yeah. some reports. It's not say, immediately clear. Say that Jack Dorsey why is sucking his thumb and calling for mommy. They are very afraid of QAnon. Uh... This reporter then uh, went on to just make things up. Twitter's ban of QAnon also sparks immediate backlash online. Commentators say millions of people are being purged from a major social media <laughs> website for posting in support of their own president, what? law and order, and hopes for an honest and accountable government. Bizarre. <laughs> this is really bad. This no. is a big step in a bad direction. Yeah, this is... Oh, oh, chills. unimaginably bad. I love the way you said, like, uh, it's like uh, commentators say that millions are being purged. Millions? Billions? I, where is he getting this number? I couldn't yeah. find anywhere where there are millions yeah. of dropped accounts. I mean, I can, I can find you... Million. I can find you someone on Twitter that'll claim that, though. Uh, yeah. Is yeah, that what he means? What he's commentators found. said. He probably searched Some QAnon banned millions. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's just there's nothing to back that up. I mean, so basically what, what he's doing is that he's making the QAnon community seem bigger than it is and then to make the social media crackdown sound more severe than mm. it really is in reality. Yeah. Right. And here's how that segment ended. But the gleeful far-left are celebrating victory for their anti-Trump agenda and are now calling on Facebook to impose a similar ban on Q thought crime. All the while, the Whoa. silent majority appears to enjoy the show. Where we go one, we go all. Where we, we go, go one, one, we go all. God bless America. God, God bless America. America. <laughs> Christian Rose, One American News. Oh, they had General Flynn doing the salute and mm -hmm. everything connected it straight to QAnon. That's right. The takeaway from that segment is that evil social media companies are cracking down on QAnon followers just for loving their president. And, Deranged. Um, and then also it's fine and General Flynn endorses it and we're all enjoying the show. Complete yeah, that's nightmare. about as much research as your average QAnon believer yeah. believes. Yeah, right. But they <laughs> have they're a, like, oh, this yeah. is right. I just love my president. What's wrong with that? And General Flynn endorses it, so it's got to be right. Oh, you just gave a, a graphics team and millions of dollars of like production set up to uh, a Facebook rant. Yeah. So an interesting wrinkle to all of this is that One American News actually once ran a QAnon debunking segment that was reported by Jack Posobiec. That report claimed that QAnon was actually started by the alt-right troll Microchip. However, that claim was never corroborated, and in fact, OAN deleted that report from their website without explanation. Yeah, and we have reason to believe it was false. It was definitely false. But then, yeah, then they delete the segment, and then OAN all of a sudden changes tack and is running pro-QAnon stuff? Well, they're just going to say they show both sides, so <laughs> right, no. checkmate, Travis. You know, it does signal something, I think, uh, significant, and perhaps uh, segments of the far right, you know, at one point really did see QAnon as uh, liability, but uh, times are changing, and they're starting mm -hmm. to see how they can make it an asset. Boys, mm -hmm. I'm going to be proven right again. When Trump loses oh, yeah. the election, he will buy OAN, which will have, at that point, rebranded themselves as a QAnon network. Trump will go full QAnon and claim that he's doing all the things that he's read about himself for the last three years or whatever. And nothing will ever happen, and it'll be essentially the same, except this time, because he's not the president anymore, he'll be available to tacitly endorse whatever the QAnon thing is. That's my that's my prediction. Dave Weigel covers politics for The Washington Post. He has extensive experience covering electoral cycles, and since we're in America, often contends with conspiracy theories.
theories on the campaign trail. We thought we'd invite him on so we could pick his brain about the shit show that we are undoubtedly revving up for. Welcome to the show, Dave. It's good to be here. Longtime fan, so this is kind of an honor. Oh, well, we really appreciate it. It's definitely an honor to have you on. And you've been doing this for a long time. Do you think this is just the best electoral cycle ever? Obviously, this is the best time for America generally in every way. (laughs) This is 2020. I mean, I, I have thoughts about this election, so I think we'll get into them. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's there have been dumber cycles in terms of what what the focus is from week to week. I mean, there 1988, the presidential race, there were weeks spent on flag burning and ACLU membership and things like that. Um, this can be more substantive, but not all the time. And we, as we will discuss, just the the underground has broken out in a way that it did not until really 2016 but it's it's just got so much uh, purchase in the in the conversation this cycle and so you you actually speaking of 2016 you covered the seth rich murder conspiracy theory during that cycle and fox news had to eventually print an apology the trump campaign is broadly seen as having profited from the conspiracy theories spread do you think it had a real impact in retrospect in 2016 and are we seeing anything like that during this cycle it's a little complicated what what it did in 2016 so Everyone loves reliving 2016. Let me shorten it. Uh, so a thing that benefited Donald Trump is that assets around Hillary Clinton's campaign kept getting hacked uh, from the DNC. And really, that, had, that hack had happened by now. Uh, the DNC hack, which uh, was mostly emails from staffers. And that is the one that's relevant here. That was, that was the one where Seth Rich worked at the DNC. Seth Rich was, was killed in apparently this, and then the, the hack came out. In all of these hacks in that cycle, what you often saw was that on the, the left, uh, a lot of people who are always skeptical of Hillary Clinton, um, usually with the attitude that she's going to win anyway, so why she's, why she's so crooked, you know, we deserve to know what's in her emails. Uh, there was just a lot of uh, ridicule of the idea that something had been done to the Clinton campaign that was unfair. And I think a lot of people in that, and I'm not trying to paint with too broad a brush, I mean, you can, you can go to videos of the debates between Clinton and Trump and uh, there's a reporter from the Young Turks who's moved on to something else now, just kind of blowing off every time um, Donna Brazil or John Podesta would say, I'm not answering questions about stolen email. Um, so there there were a lot of people who said we just, they didn't want to think about the implications that Hillary Clinton's campaign was being sabotaged by these hacks. And so it was very comfortable for some people to look at the Seth Rich stuff. It wasn't actually, I saw that more than than on the Republican side. I mean, it, it, it would percolate on the left, and you even had in the in the nation. I want to say this was 2017, maybe it was later. Speculative articles about how, based on how quickly things were downloaded. I don't know. You, you guys have talked about it, not to go through it all again, but this speculation that there must have been some kind of inside job in the DNC because the the idea that people went along and <laughs> profited. Uh, in, in in the form of defeating Hillary Clinton, that people went along with just a theft of information, I think was hard for them to deal with. So not to psychoanalyze thousands of people in, in one answer, but that's usually how I saw it manifest. I didn't see it uh, from the Trump campaign. And Donald Trump, if he wanted to right now, could tweet about this, this the Tesseract merger conspiracy. He didn't really touch it as much. I usually saw it percolate from the left and then get to conservative media. So I think um, Tucker Carlson had some segments with the the people who were part of that nation article in sort of the the, the tradition of, of enemy of my enemy reporting, basically, right? It, there's something that the left is infighting and ter- pulling hair about, so let's bring it on our show and say that there are questions raised about whether the 
theft email from the DNC was actually some kind of inside job. I mean, and, and you guys have discussed this, but as a story, as a theory, it's nonsense. I mean, yeah. uh, the, 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 and, but, but, and, and what's been misremembered, I guess, is that it revealed the DNC plotting against Bernie Sanders. Uh, what the emails revealed were less, kind of less important than what Donna Brazil would write later, which is about you know, the, the joint funding agreement that Clinton had with the DNC that Bernie didn't and could have, but didn't. Uh, it was just some <laughs> very late in the primary, really unfortunately, carp, you know, carpy, whiny DNC staffers annoyed at Bernie Sanders and expecting him to lose. Uh, it was not a the kind of thing <laughs> that in a, if we lived in the parallax view or the conversation or mm-hmm. something, if we lived in a movie, not not the kind of smoking gun stuff that says, aha, proof, it was rigged from all along. It must have proved the kind of people who were Democratic Party lifers preferred the Hillary Clinton win and were really annoyed when Bernie didn't drop out. Should they be working for a DNC with those beliefs? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it, but but the conspiracy always was just really over overdetermined and really labored yeah. to cover up something that was not, I won't say it was that that important, but it was su- such a, so orthogonal to what was actually happening in the campaign. Yeah. I mean, the really damaging stuff about Clinton came from the Podesta emails, which obviously were hacked after this whole Seth Bridges, after Seth Bridges life was over. Or from the Comey statement. I mean, I'd say that that had yeah. a bigger impact than, than even like, yeah, Seth right. Rich. I mean, I don't know. That's obviously completely unqualified. I don't think yeah. the Seth Rich thing really traveled beyond the circles I'm talking about. I mean, right. I, I, I think... I think you can you can walk around you know media Pennsylvania or the Milwaukee suburbs and find people who remember mm-hmm. the Comey letter and you won't find people who had strong opinions about this. If you go to a QAnon rally like us, I'm sorry, but it is the opposite. You know, they oh. they're you know everyone loves Seth Rich. He's a hero and he well, died for us. They love yeah. him. They love him on the Donald. Uh, R.I.P. the Donald. But wow, that, they they would. <laughs> That's what you're going to R.I.P. these days. They they would. <laughs> They would. They viewed him as this hero because he was like a good Democrat. You know, they, yeah, they yeah, framed yeah. it as this thing, and and he was a Democrat willing to wear an American flag yeah, on his entire body. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you live in D.C., every every Democratic uh, staffer like under thirty is like a GW grad who wears like <laughs> ironic flag stuff on the Fourth of July. By no means. I mean, like this. It's horrible. Like the definition of tragedy of somebody this young being killed. I'm, I'm, yeah, of course. Yeah, we're, none 100%. of us are making light of him. We're making light of the conspiracy theories. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, speaking of the spread of conspiracy theories, Trump has recently publicly endorsed OAN, the One America News Network, which has uh, uh, ex-Pizzagator, or who knows what he still believes about that, but definitely was a promoter of it, Jack Posobiec. And they, yeah. they recently ran a pro-QAnon segment, and they called it, quote, the new mainstream. So what do you think about, like, first the network's claim, uh, but also its rise in general and its relationship to Trump in terms of, uh, you know, the election? Well, the president can make anything, just about anything, uh, a lifestyle choice for his supporters. So uh, now, does he talk about OAN and that turns the swing voter? And this is where I'm going to have to keep, like, steering myself away from pure election analysis, because we're not always, you guys are not talking, we're not talking this second about the swing voter who's unaware of this stuff. We're talking about... Uh, the hardcore Trump supporter, the hardcore Republican who's who's come around on Trump, the person who thinks that you know, he's basically a great president and blameless and there's a conspiracy out to get him. Uh, for those people, absolutely, I think he's helping direct eyes to it. I haven't seen a huge surge of, um, of subscribers or uh, OAN content breaking out. And, and honestly, there's, um, there's a veil between... Or, like a pretty thick veil, almost a wall between OAN content and the rest of the media. Because usually 
um, the goal of maybe if it's not formed this way, the the goal, the success of kind of a fringe media is does it break out and get covered elsewhere? An example of this would be there are conspiracy theories for months and months about how Hillary Clinton's about to die and she has Parkinson's and needs adrenochrome to overcome, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And, then she fa- and then she faints on uh, September 11th, 2016, and it becomes, well, people online had been talking about this, you know, it, how does it, how does it jump? Um, yeah. You know, how does the, how does the coronavirus uh, jump from the bat to the pig, to the human basically? And usually you want, yeah. you, you need, you needs to, so, and it hasn't been happening with OAN. OAN is unique because like you say, it might be insulated yeah. and it might not be creating conspiracy theories that jump straight to mainstream news, but never before, or you can tell me if there has been, uh, has the uh, sitting president endorsed that kind of outlet? Uh, I'm always cautious of that stuff because, for all I know, Millard Fillmore was like, "Check out this pamphlet." It's, 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 <laughs> but it, yeah, but I'm just, I just mean like I guess modern media in the cable news era. In the modern TV era, I don't think that's happened. I mean, like Richard Richard Nixon was honestly the first uh, modern president who had kind of an interest in promoting anti-media sentiment. So uh, he had, there's this book, the, the News Twisters, that he recommended, that Agnew recommended. The, that angle on this of the, of the Republican president saying, you can't trust the media and my critics says they're all lying, that's been there for a while. Um, the Trump twist of saying, you can trust clearly false stuff and that this network <laughs> that runs the clearly step. false information. <laughs> I, do, I do think that's new. And I, my, my point was only focusing on, on for example, OEN had... Um, a few days before our conversation today, a exclusive about Biden in Ukraine that seemed to be false, and no one picked up on it because it was false. Uh, it has not been. It, it, it's if it if there was a grain of truth to it, <laughs> I think the president promoting it could get it somewhere, but I, it hasn't had that same effect in media. But the the president telling people that. Uh, things that they have seen in the rest of media are wrong, and the things on this website that this channel that are favorable to him and false, that, that they should trust them instead. That obviously has an effect. I mean, uh, iteratively, week by week, we're seeing ways in which the president says you should not trust this entire environment in which I'm, I'm, I'm currently behind in polls. There, there's something the matter with the voting. There's something the matter with the media's uh, narratives and focus. Uh, and OAN is, is part of that. It does seem unique in somebody saying, check this out. Because even you know, Bill Clinton would be in trouble and he would not point to the most um, radical defenses of him. The, the White House was always trying to find something that seemed credible. So Trump going to a news outlet that is not credible and is not res- um, not respected by certainly people in the White House press corps because um, it's attacked them, uh, that, that, that is new. I just, I'm, I'm not sure where it's going because um, it hasn't been very effective yet. Yeah, is this a, almost like what it what it felt like looking at Fox when it had just been founded and was still an outsider uh, uh, news network? You know, kind of created by people with a with a certain intent. I mean, are we? Is this larval? What what's this butterfly going to look like? I, I wouldn't rule it out. I, I mean, a, a, an analog might be Glenn Beck in two thousand uh, two thousand nine because Glenn Beck, but he had he had the Fox News. Sinecure, right? I mean, he was able to influence because he was on Fox, but then he he moves to his own media network in the Blaze, and it's not super su- successful. But he he that is able to bring stuff into into the discourse. I think one of my overarching theories about this cycle, though, this uh, election cycle, is I I, I kind of joke that conservative media infrastructure 
got you know very large and influential and was incredibly effective and impactful for years. And it, I think it got so big that it kind of crossed the event horizon. And it now kind of, it has its own, a lot of the, the things it shoots out just stay in its orbit. <laughs> they don't get anywhere mm. else. So you have, I, I think OAN is part of that, but a lot of Fox News uh, is content as part of that. And you'll see uh, analysis on Fox that I think maybe four years ago would have gotten elsewhere, right? The, the, normal, the normal pipeline is uh, something happens, there's a version of it, or maybe even simpler, a campaign notices something, uh, they give it to a, a friendly ideological outlet, that ideological outlet runs it, and then the rest of media run it because, well, people are talking about it. You know, that, I guess that's mm-hmm. always the phrase. People, are, people online are talking about this. A lot of people are saying this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and that hasn't really been happening even with fairly mainstream uh, Joe Biden incidents. Like uh, a good example recently is he gives this interview and so I'll get back to the, the to Oana what have you. But he gives this interview and um, with Eddie Barkin, the uh, Medicare for All activist, and they they talk about police policing. Biden said you know talks about how uh, police be, if they're overly armed, running community and don't have community policing aspect, they bec- they become the enemy. And he's asked you know should we redirect some of the funding to mental health? And he says absolutely. And on Fox, this has become. Joe Biden given everywhere he said cops are the enemy and he'll defund the police and that has not s- survived when it is transferred to local news or other national news or local newspapers uh, and I, so I'm in, I'm calling you guys from Michigan and even the coverage in Michigan does not really follow what Fox says or what the president says I think four years ago eight years ago um, certainly when John Kerry was running for president during the Swift Boat controversy it was much more effective and. I might be um, whistling past this because there's a pandemic. I mean, a reason this can't transfer as much is because this pandemic overwhelms everything. Right. So when it's a different type of virus. Yeah, I don't (laughs) think it's. I don't think it's a. It's in the position in these conditions to move stuff over. I don't know if it ever could. It could be, but I haven't. I mean, unless you guys have an example that you're going to put out to me of of something that um, OAN promoted that did get um, much more traction, I haven't seen a lot of it. Yeah, I've got a really good one for you. Okay. Uh, Sinclair Media has put together a package that will be treating Judy Miskovitz of uh, discredited Plandemic fame, which was promoted by OAN. That local package is going to be run in local news stations across America. And people are bracing for um, all of the issues that come with that kind of dump of misinformation. They've also defended themselves saying, we also ran someone else who criticized Judy Miskovitz, so it's fine. So is is that not an example of uh, no. the, the the virus reaching the? <laughs> oh, I think I think that's an example of. Uh, but did that come from OAN to Sinclair? I guess in some ways it did. I feel like right. that was something that was burning through YouTube channels um, and then made it to Sinclair. I don't know. I don't know about the provenance of that. Um, I think that that does seem the the pandemic stuff is more something. Your relatives, not your relatives, you know what I mean? One's relatives have been sharing on Facebook, No, right? my relatives too, yep. Yeah, mine, okay. mine, is, all, mine as well. Everybody they has all, been touched. All, everybody has been touched. They pilled so, on Plandemic. So that's, I th- okay, so that's that's an example. I don't think that's OAN related exactly. All right, all right. Uh, so pre- it was an un- unfair question. I was, I was yeah. pushing you around. To, to me, it feels Fair almost enough. like OAN. Okay. <laughs> to me, it feels kind of like OAN sometimes, like uh, they hinder themselves because all of their like UI kind of looks like Grand Theft Auto, like 
like the news <laughs> yeah. network on like GTA. And so it's like, yeah. I, like it, every time I see clips from them, I'm like, oh, this looks like a fake. This looks like a fake news. That's because you aren't a person who's refusing to use reading glasses at the age of 62. So, so then my question is, why isn't it more popular then? Because then you would think that the people that but are into the I guess fake news, my argument against against this is that OAN is now part of a uh, conspiracy theory ecosystem that <laughs> interacts with YouTube, plays off each other, and then eventually reaches things like Sinclair or Fox News. So I, I would say that, yes, it's true maybe that the outlet itself is insulated, but it's 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 kind of, like you said, there's orbits, and I think the orbits sometimes uh, crash into each other. Uh, but anyways. I'll go with that, yeah. I was defining it super narrowly. That I'm makes just sense. A, I'm looking for an example of, is there an OAN thing that is false and yes. that got covered anyway? Because a couple cycles ago, I think that stuff might have been, and I haven't seen it this time. And I think part of that is people built up some antibodies, and part of it is just the pandemic itself is so overwhelming. There's just the, there's no time. <laughs> there's no time to do this. But Sinclair is, right. what you guys have I'm sure talked about before, Sinclair is um, has so much clout in that doesn't get noticed by people like me, frankly. I mean, unless I'm traveling to a state with Sinclair Networks, I might not even see it. Yeah. Um, so that I would I would put in its own in its own bucket. But um, you know, Sinclair was the I mean, the 2004 election running this documentary about John Kerry and you know, provably false stuff about his military record, uh, and it, it 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 got a huge backlash. I, and the, I'm seeing the same thing happen with the pandemic. Mm -hmm. uh, not that uh, the backlash means no one believes it, but I'm I'm it, 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 I'm yeah. not saying it snuck through in a in a way, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, because there are people like you, frankly, who are like so attentive right. and watching it. Yeah, we're gonna harass them. That's right. Um, so, meanwhile, Charles Koch and his Koch pack have asked Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's the congressional candidate in Georgia's 14th, who has previously supported QAnon, and they wanted to reimburse her uh, their five thousand dollar campaign contribution. They, they cite her quote harmful and divisive rhetoric. Uh, this, mm -hmm. despite the donation having been made after Facebook had already taken down one of her ads for inciting violence, in which she says Antifa is going to come and burn our churches. Uh, she cocks a gun and. and and says stay out of Georgia. She also has another uh, ad where she uses a high-powered rifle to uh, blow up the word socialism printed on a uh, placard. Um, so she, she does a lot of stuff like this. So they gave her 5000 bucks, and then they took it back, even though she has put in 900000 of her own money. So it seems like mm -hmm. kind of piss in a bucket, but uh, I wanted to, to hear from you. What, what, are, what are they playing at here? Is, is, this, a, is this a Coke play, or, or, or is this a, a mistake? I think it's a play by people to distance themselves from a candidate who is to the is to the right of a lot of people who are getting elected this year. I mean, the ideal GOP candidate for the House, and I've, I've covered some of these, are uh, they're not necessarily moderate, but they they have you know military backgrounds and they're 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 like pro-Trump but not conspiratorial. And she's not the ideal. Uh, so it seems this seem this or donation seem. I would guess it's one of those things where. Um, the candidate had momentum and the chance to make the GOP's House class more diverse, which is a goal by a lot of conservative groups this cycle, uh, was there. And only later did they find out the problems with her. Now, what I'd point out, though, is the problems uh, didn't – QAnon was not really de determinative in people getting away from her. So uh, she won the nomination. A lot of people pointed out the QAnon stuff. But it was a Politico wrote an investigation based on her Facebook videos and – I think other other social media, but mostly Facebook videos, and where she was saying fairly race, racist stuff. Uh, and now some stuff you compare to people who are in politics and are fine, yeah. but that is what really started to scramble away from her. So that she was somebody 
running with the endorsement of Matt Gates and Jim Jordan and touting them. And, and people started to put their arms up mm-hmm. after that stuff came out, but not the QAnon stuff. And even, yeah, no. even Lauren Boebert in Colorado um, flirting with it, that did not lead to any kind of backlash from Republicans whatsoever. And I think there's, there's kind of a QAnon conti- continuum for these candidates. There, there are some who seem to believe every aspect of what, whatever comes out uh, of, the, of the drops and there are some people who I think have been just playing footsie with it, which in, in itself is, I, I keep, I keep mm-hmm. when it comes up, because there's always an instinct to say, are we focusing on something kind of fringy? Look, if a, a Democrat went on a show, and this happened sometimes in the, in the 2000s, and didn't immediately denounce like a 9-11 conspiracy theory, that was the end of their career. Like usually the standard is, if you hear a crazy thing and you say like, well, I hear a lot of people uh, believe in that and... I love patriotism. <laughs> that usually is a problem. And it, it's not being um, barricaded against by Republicans, really. Because I mean, a lot of these candidates, you've, and you've talked about them, won nominations in places where they're, they're going to get turfed. They have no chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But the, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I mean, I think if she got, got the nomination, the party's not going to abandon her. They're just going to, yeah. I think, focus on... Uh, she had a well, 20, 20, uh, over 20-point 20 lead on... Uh, yeah. on uh, the next down. So I, I don't know how this uh, runoff is going to play. I can see that the Cokes are, you know, hedging. And we've also yeah. recently saw that that kind of Fox interview with Trump, which for the first time allowed Trump to look ridiculous on their channel. Do you think yeah. they're also reading the polls and just going, well, time to plan for what's next? <laughs> oh, I think a little bit of that. You hear about money moving to defend uh, Senate races, which are, I mean, of, of the three uh, federal things they can control on the ballot, that is the most the easiest path to, to victory. You need to, you know, hold on to senators who won in states that Trump won narrowly. You, you might be able to do that. So I think some of that's money moving around. But you really, um, in 2018, there was a lot more money sloshing around to save the House than there is right now for Trump. And I don't, um, I think some of the incentives are, are different. I mean, the threat of uh, Hillary Clinton winning and appoint, appointing the Scalia replacement, uh, even if there's a Supreme Court vacancy before this election, um, the stakes were different. It was losing the court forever to liberals. Things like that, I think, have mm-hmm. made this less enticing. Um, but every week that Trump is losing badly, yeah, I do think you're going to see people move their money and be a little more strategic. Because, look, uh, before 2010, the Kochs had enormous uh, charities and influence and, and, and political clout. They didn't really spend a lot on campaigns. They were all about uh, building illegal infrastructure, building think tanks, university influence. I can see them kind of going back to that if they think they've they've basically gotten as much as they can get out of a Trump administration. So could you just put the listeners in the shoes of a potential GOP candidate and tell them how you might evaluate the risks of embracing QAnon? <laughs> uh, different kind of candidates, right? If, if, if it's like somebody running against a, a super safe Democrat uh, and they want to become famous, that's it's not a bad way for them to come, become famous. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in a swing district, then it would be, okay, they're... So there's a conspiracy out, uh, theory out there, and shorthand the conspiracy theory. If people ask you if uh, if you if you follow Q, uh, or if people wave a banner with a where we will go when we go all sign, once you take a photo with them, you, um, decline and say some version of my problems with Joe Biden are about the socialist policies that he wants to inflict upon this country. You know, we we don't need to go into into conspiracy theories. And, and I, I, I don't know why no one has tried to do that because <laughs> you could, um, every district's different, but I don't think that the downsides 
of distancing yourself from a conspiracy theory and just saying, I hate Democrats for all the normal reasons, I don't think that'd be bad. Certainly, I've not seen a primary where somebody was not pro-Q enough, and that's why they lost. I mean, it, it's, been, it's been manifesting in really... Right. No, I really haven't. It's been manifesting in weirder ways, and usually it's people who were running as, as, as the reliable, super conservative candidates. That Those are the ones who end up, after the election, being very Q-curious. They're not winning because they're yeah. the Q candidate and nobody else was. So do you think if, so, if someone embracing QAnon, like, uh, let's say, Joe Ray Perkins or something like that, who's maybe a dead-end candidate, or let's say Marjorie Taylor Greene was still openly embracing QAnon, do you think they have a shot on the national level? Uh, I mean, I can imagine more of this boiling up if, if Biden is president, there being more of a... I, I think about this a lot, honestly, because uh, I've been checking what InfoWars has been reporting on, on Portland and on the use of federal uh, agents to suppress protests or or in some cases the stated reason is to you know crack down on crime and it's it's just striking how infowars is like cool keep keep them coming federal agents right. like like decades of mistrust of the government has just been replaced by uh well there are bad guys and they're going to go get the bad guys for us so if mm-hmm. if if the feds the feds quote unquote are back in the under the control of democrats i can see this stuff evolving in a way that it evolved in, you know, 20, 2009, 2010, 2011. The problem being they're, they're just, we've had years of this being exposed and uh, people recoiling at it and being, uh, and I think it'd be bad for the Republican party if it's not um, stamped out in some way. I can imagine, I don't want to get too far into speculation because Mm -hmm. if, if Trump, if Trump doesn't win, I, I don't know why he would he would rule out ever running again. Uh, I don't know why the people in the party who don't like him would assert control and be able to purge people. I'm not sure that would happen. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know where these these this kind of conspiracy mongering can go so long as 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 Trump is president. Maybe I'm not imaginative enough. I just I just don't see the upside, especially because what the Trump people in the campaign keep trying to do is turn his focus to just to, well what he's doing now is like talk talk more about law and order talk more about uh, a vaccine they they don't see an upside in the conspiracy stuff um but they don't stop him i mean he's still retweeting right. people with QAnon content um all the time and eric trump re uh shared on instagram and then deleted it the day of the tulsa rally so they're clearly flirting with it um yeah it's so confusing and and i, I think you can be you know you can be like diet diet q and just say oh i support um, fighting the deep state, like the I think the Michael Flynn mm-hmm. answer would probably be, uh, mm-hmm. without endorsing all the crazy stuff. People are getting away with um, pussyfooting around it in a way that you never got away with um, 9-11 trutherism or the other conspiracy talk, talk that would like emanate in politics and be ruled out and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's enough QAnon lore out there now that there's plenty of stuff that you can sort of reference, and most normies yeah. like wouldn't wouldn't even know that you were re- referring to Q. I mean, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think there'll be candidates who say something like "Where we go, one we go all," and it's a story, but it's it's so confusing that if they don't go any further, um, but I yeah. want to see like when there's debates, like uh, when these candidates are in debates in October, it's kind of up to the debate moderators to ask them like, "So, do you believe the president is?" rooting out a pedophile ring from tunnels that have mole children. Like, mm-hmm. I would love to yeah. see some people's responses to that actual stuff. 
That's yeah. that's the real question. Asking Trump about Q is out. Asking Trump about the mole children is in. <laughs> is in. Where are they, Mr. Trump? What do they look like? What do they are they friendly? Can I have one? My my question the other day was like, if you believe this, why are you cool with him waiting until like mostly through the end of his first term before dealing with it? Uh, and I've heard the reasons, but I, they don't make a lot of sense to me. If I thought in January 2019 or 2017 there were mole children, I would be like, okay, let's let's act on it. Let me scramble yeah. the jets. Let's let's fix that's this right away. Day one promise, election <laughs> yeah. promise. Honestly, but, but that's I, I have like a, Trump is not yeah. usually in the habit of I'm doing something really popular and great. Let me not talk about it. Let me not tell anybody about I, doing this. But but like for them, nothing has changed. Their level of panic, their satanic panic, like internally, yeah. is something that they probably had before QAnon. They just like poured it all into that vessel now or whatever. But I mean, that feeling of like being on the edge and having the mole children being like right now, like in a you know, being harmed and abused. That's like their whole life, basically. I don't even know if that's like a ramping up. So for them, they're just like, yeah, it's just uh, there's horrible people out there and we're fighting the demons well, like yeah, in our that, minds. And like they really believe in a yeah. second world that we do not see. Well, that's the funny thing. And I mean, that's why what that's what the beauty of QAnon as a sort of like device, because when you believe that you're actually fighting like legit demons and like legit, you know, Constantine-esque like satanic creatures, uh -huh. like, of course, Trump's not going to be able to do it like, you know know the first couple months of his term i mean these are right. demons that's right he's fighting monsters so it's uh -huh. like it, it it builds in this sort of like lore where they can be like oh yeah he's really i see the same a long time I, I, I see in, in, all in, the time in a mutated form it's the same kind of thing that i think a lot of like liberals felt at the end of like obama's first term where it's like well he hasn't quite done the good guantanamo <laughs> or the but i'm pretty sure in the second Second term, I think that he's going to really rev up because I've been reading all these articles about how that that's how it works. And uh, yeah, so I think there's a certain <laughs> amount of that. I don't know. I feel like I could do the same thing in a different different world, bizarro version. Yeah. And, and you guys have talked about this, but the, the, the there's like a Joseph Campbell quality to all this stuff. Or there's like a <laughs> yes, mo yeah. there's like a monomyth about uh, what's being done to children by the by the scary um, conspiracy conspiracy that we need to uncover that has been around mm -hmm. for like thousands of years. So yeah, the, I'm, the, I never I never approach any of this stuff saying what would make it go away because I just don't think it's ever going to fully go away. It can fade. Uh, I mean, nine eleven conspiracy stuff has faded. You don't hear it very much anymore. But it's but true. like it's based on stuff people are going to keep believing. And you know, if a president seems to be indulging it, like that's that's what's new. I mean, there was never Trump giving a sorry Obama giving a clue. Like uh, like him emphasizing the words building in seven a bunch of times or something. I don't know what he could have done. To, <laughs> yeah. But certainly his approach to this stuff was very different than Trump's. And and uh, the other day on Twitter, you called QAnon the crusher creel of conspiracy theories, which made me laugh. So could you just explain to the listener who may not be into comic books? Uh, oh, man, I know anyone still wasn't into comics. But uh, yeah, crusher creel is the absorbing man. Uh, so he his he's a... One of several Marvel villains who's like a criminal who gets powers from some experiment. And just if he touches some steel, he can turn into steel. And if he touches uh, some electric current, he can turn into electricity. So it's really the adaptability where everything can be folded into the, the mono conspiracy theory. That's And I was thinking, like, this is already pretty impenetrable. So how can I make it more impenetrable? Let me use this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was good. It had a visual element, too. Uh, it made me look up the character. I do read comic books. Did not know about him. Definitely didn't know his real name, you know, maybe his superhero name, but that's that's a second. That's some Eddie Brock. No, they kind of like stuff. later later on. I want to say in the aughts, like they they try to mainstream him a bit, and I believe he hooks mm -hmm. up with She Hulk. Uh, uh -huh. 
So, but he touches her and becomes She-Hulk. Unfortunately, yeah. So. Well, let's. Uh, I let's not negotiate how the Absorbing Man would would, would <laughs> did or did not get. I've never thought about that. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. It feels weird. Uh, so, do you think QAnon and just extreme conspiracy theories like this are just part and parcel of uh, electoral cycles? Are they going to become more and more visible? Is there a breaking point, or do you think this is all kind of overblown? The average voter actually doesn't know anything about this stuff. What are we dealing with here? Uh, I don't think it's ever going to go away. I mean, so uh, when I back up off uh, sometimes, I think, let's imagine telling somebody in 1980, uh, in the future, everyone will have a device that they can afford that lets them look up any information uh, at any time. The Clinton body count is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and that, well, you can look say, it like, up very would, easily. But would they have thought, okay, well, that would mean people get, they would have probably assumed well, that will mean people can learn and reason and find out the truth. And instead, people use it to burrow into their obsession. So I don't think yeah. this sort of stuff is, is going to go away. I don't know what it would be uh, under Biden, but that's the point, um, that you don't know what it is. Like the, but the conspiracy theories can be based off of so few things. Biden's just, you know, Democratic primary voters had this bet, and they would tell you as a reporter, they think he would be very hard to um, use as a figure to alienate conservatives and independents because he's an old white guy and that has been pretty right i mean uh, even the ukraine stories uh it just keeps dead ending you keep finding information about hunter biden that yeah looks like he is you know like he has definite fail son tendencies uh and made some money but like going back to him being on the board of amtrak there's stories you can tell about about hunter biden but you can't get into that without explaining why donald trump's you know, son-in-law is allowed to run the entire government. Uh, so right. they, it's so complicated that it hasn't really connected. So you might, um, like, but the last time there was a, uh, what seemed to be a, you know, white male culturally attuned to the middle of the country president was a huge flowering conspiracy theories. Uh, all the crimes he must have committed. It was, you know, in Bill Clinton. So something will happen. And, and the overall cultural poison <laughs> that makes people go this route, I mean, that's never going to go away. I don't see what would make people think other otherwise, especially as, uh, I guess, sometimes I think it's it's amazing that we've been in quarantine for four months and we're not crazier, but I don't think we're going to get less crazy as a, as a society the longer that we're all locked down and we're and less interested in finding some something to blame it on. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think things would, would get less, uh, less loopy, but I do, and, but the thing I'm leaving out is let's imagine an election. I mean, there's an election where Donald Trump wins and this stuff, I think, keeps evolving the way it's been evolving. There's an election he loses and there's going to be a lot of uh, he didn't really lose. Uh, he only lost because of the false media narrative. Mm-hmm. Here are the people in the media who spread the false narrative that made him lose. I and mean, there's going to be a lot of that. Um, even if he lose, even if he wins decisively, there's going to be that thinking, yeah. which um, is going to go into strange and sometimes hopefully not too dangerous, but sometimes dangerous places. Uh, you know, it, everything from laws that are going to make uh, voting more complicated, as we saw after 2008, to what we saw right after the 2016 election, which was uh, Trump saying millions of votes were cast illegally, so I actually won the popular vote. I mean, that sort of stuff. That's That's already been mainstreamed by a president. So I think we'll see more of that stuff. I just don't know where it will go, because Biden has not lent himself his... 
his bearing, his biography, so much has been known about him. He's been around for so long. I yeah. don't think he's easy to turn into that kind of figure, but something will happen. Yeah, they'll well, find something. They'll say he's a clone or that he's... I mean, I can imagine if he has like a good debate, I, there'll be a like Biden body double yeah. um, conspiracy. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to predict that, that happening. If he shows up and he's fine, yeah. and to be clear, as fine as if you watch his Zooms and his, his meetings that he's been having from his house... He screws up some words, but it's generally in 30 minutes. He'll screw up like 90 seconds. Um, yeah. But the Trump campaign is getting people used to him being literally unable to think straight. And if he's able to think straight and people didn't watch that stuff, they'll think, oh, yeah, well, they clearly built a robot and mm -hmm. uh, they're putting Joe Biden's words into it. Yeah. Not every Cooper is going to think that, but I'm trying to predict, you know, tomorrow's yeah. conspiracy theory today. Well, you've succeeded in making Travis look into the middle distance. He's very sad. <laughs> it's, no, it's part of the acceptance process. Don't worry. I will be better momentarily. <laughs> so bring us down back to earth. You, you know, you're in Michigan. Uh, tell us what you're covering and tell us a little bit about the situation developing there. Yeah, well, uh, I have a couple stories in Michigan that I'm I'm writing about. One I already wrote, which was uh, every Democratic governor, I mean, every governor who's been putting in mask orders and stay-at-home orders has political opposition. But for the Democratic governors, it's, you know, lawsuits, impeachment drives, uh, recall drives, things like that. So I focused on that in Michigan. Um, and I'm writing about Rashida Tlaib's re-election race, uh, Ilhan Omar's re-election in Minnesota, but kind of twinning them both. Uh, and also just looking at how organizing happens on the ground and actually relevant to this um this discussion so i went to uh one of the republican GOTV offices because they're they're still knocking on doors and democrats still aren't democrats are still all virtual um and they're really they're very tbd they're like if there's a point where everyone feels comfortable enough to go out and knock on doors we'll do it but not until then but i went to in the republican office um they had uh, on the front door um a a kind of a excerpt from Cleon Skousen's the uh, the mass communist, a kind of far right text um, that was arguing about the the very real communist plot, <laughs> the, the the communist goals of the Soviet Union, but taking it further um, mm. into into conspiracy theories. And so, like they have that on the door, um, you know, some ah, some, some, some nice Bircherites. <laughs> it's a Bir it's a John Birch thing. That's the I should have just said that to clarify it. Um, but there's there's that. <laughs> Uh, their information on kind of uh, vote voter fraud stuff that wasn't accurate. And then it was mixed with normal Republican campaign stuff, right? It was like, here are some, the actual talking points to go to campaign for people were look at the you know, tax cuts and um, the ability to rebuild from the pandemic, et cetera. But just around the office, the stuff people brought uh, was, was, was inching into conspiracy stuff. Um, but not, not anti-Biden, not, um, you know, David Icke, not not QAnon, um, kind of classic stuff I had seen at the beginning of the, of the Tea Party, uh, and that wasn't what I was out to write to write about. But I, you know, I, it, it, in in being out with people for the first time in a little while because of the pandemic, I was like, yeah. okay, well, this stuff is is definitely still happening. And there was one state yeah. rep rep I talked to for the story who, um. As an you know, was talking about the governor's stay-at-home orders and the idea that Democrats want to make the economy worse to hurt Trump. And he wasn't saying the virus is fake, mm. uh, but he was saying, you know, Democrats even said this. I mean, you have Ocasio Cortez uh, tweeting that we need to keep the country closed, and I was like, well, that that's not real tweet. We've all debunked that tweet. Uh, <laughs> um, so so you definitely see that the patterns of misinformation, if not conspiracy theory, 
are all still there. There's nobody who's been kind of scared straight or, oh, Trump's losing. I wonder if there's, we're doing something wrong. Um, mm. It's not the the funny thing is the Trump campaign's um, strategy and messaging it doesn't involve this. Like when you go to a Republican office, uh, you uh, they shoot what's the the thermometer that's kind of like a like a phaser, you know, the one that just point you point at your forehead. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to wear a mask in the office and you have to have your temperature checked. Like they're they're not the masks are not re- the real. The virus is fake stuff. That's not the mainstream of of Republican organizing. But the kind of people. The kind of stuff you sometimes see brought in is people who are motivated to get into politics and to knock on doors be- for a more conspiracy-minded reason. Right. Well, so you lo- you went out to see what the people were doing, and they were pilled. Some and, of them. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, and and uh, some. What's the phrase? Some are very nice people. No, it's most most normal <laughs> Republican exactly. campaigning. I mean, it, it is mm-hmm. it is clarifying. It's like okay, when yeah. I get offline. Most people who want to elect a Republican president are just anti-abortion people or anti-tax hike people who want that to keep going. I'm like, okay, good. Sure. 95% of the country is still focused on how things work and not um, this thing they read online that uh, has uh, uncovered the secret to the lizard people. Like every most, like everyone mm-hmm. I talked to in the office was, you know, had normal, tra- traceable political opinions and and motivations, and so did the campaign. But I was yeah. I was just noticing some misinformation creeping in. Yeah. So everybody, just log off, log off, yeah. uh, get out there, get more, get more normal. Get Stop some, listening get to this podcast. Sunshine. It's beautiful out. <laughs> you know, no more computer. But it is, yeah. The two worlds are kind of like blending together. Like you yeah, did two two different puzzles on the same coffee table, and a couple <laughs> of the pieces are intermingling. It's also just kind of harder to track it. Like the Coke machine, like you said. I mean, they're very organized. They fund the institutes. They have people write books. They they try to uh, create like a whole department at a university. Like they're very uh, visible, and even the way that they interact with the Tea Party was very visible, you know, once they had kind of come to a, uh, an agreement, the money started flowing in so that the organizing could continue. Uh, but do you think we're going to get more and more of the, these points of friction between the Coke machine uh, that, that still, of course, like exists at a kind of structural level and these more uh, conspiracy theory minded people or people that are willing to go that extra fash mile like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene? Uh, yeah, I think we'll still see that. I, 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 I can imagine if the, if the election goes badly, uh, there being kind of a reckoning inside the party. I was I was blowing it off before because I think Trump and his family are going to be very influential. But if it's a really bad election where they lost everything, I think there will be some discussion of that. And look, uh, in the in the media, like Larry Hogan, the governor of Maryland, didn't even run against Trump. He like thought about it and didn't. And just by lightly criticizing Trump sometimes, he uh, he has a book out and he has a glowing media tour. Uh, the thing is just that the 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 outlets uh, that used to be tastemakers, right? Like the 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 TV news that is not seen as having one slant or the other. It doesn't matter as much if there's a denunciation of conspiracy theories that appears on them. I mean, I think if tomorrow um, Charles Koch came out and gave an interview to 60 Minutes about how the Republican Party needs to get rid of conspiracy theorists. I think he'd just be folded by by those people who believe it into oh well he's part of the deep state now too. I don't, yeah. I don't think anyone has the clout to say, stop believing in this stuff. Deep state? What do you mean? His dad, uh, you know, built uh, the, 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 some structure, some infrastructure for the, the, the Nazis, literally in Germany. You should go follow Dave Weigel. Uh, he goes by Dave Weigel on Twitter. I don't know where you came up with that one. Dave, W-E-I-G-E-L. 
you should read his journalism. I mean, you've been writing for uh, a few outlets, or is it exclusively for the Washington Post? Uh, since 2015, Washington, I think I, maybe I wrote one or two freelance things, but like 99% Washington Post. I have a, a newsletter that covers campaigns that comes out three days a week, and I write I write other stories. I'd say I'm almost ex- exclusively writing about campaigns now, and I like when it can overlap. You know, there's a there's a platform discussion or something in Congress that we're talking about. I like when it's actually uh, involving real policy. So like the Democratic primary, even though people got tired of talking about Medicare for all, I like that stuff. But it's um, Washington Post mostly. I mean, I I wrote a book about progressive rock um, that is still available and uh, not been called the show that never ends. Yeah. Like it's still people are still buying it uh, of their own power. (laughs) Nobody's like both buying it for a fundraiser. Uh, If they want to, they they should. But yeah, good idea. uh, but I did that. But I mean, I once that book came out, I was right back into n- n- nonstop politics. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and giving us uh, your expertise. Yeah, man, it was a pleasure having you yeah, on. Thank thanks. you. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Q Anon Anonymous podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month to get a whole second episode every week, plus access to our entire archive of premium episodes. When you subscribe, you help us stay advertising free and editorially independent. We usually stream twice a week at twitch.tv slash Anonymous. And for everything else, we have QAnonAnonymous.com, where you'll find merch, links to the Discord, access to the Lost episodes, uh, all that good stuff. Listener, Listener. until next week, week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you. you. It's not a conspiracy, it's fact. And now, today's auto cue. Funny business now, Q, you know, I guess this conspiracy deal on the internet, Twitter's basically just cracked down, eliminated about 7,000 accounts, 150 other 100,000 accounts are now in the crosshairs. Do do you think that this is an attempt to kind of interfere in an election? Because, you know, Q can do some crazy stuff with the pizza stuff and the Wayfair stuff, but they've also uncovered a lot of great stuff when it comes to Epstein and it comes to the deep state. I I never saw Q as as, as, as dangerous as Antifa, but Antifa gets to run wild on the internet. What do you think of what's going on there? Yeah, guess what? Adam Schiff does a lot of crazy things, and Jerry Nadler, and Eric Swalwell, they also also do a lot of crazy stuff.